This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to another edition of the Go Knows Podcast. I am your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist. I am not a reporter. I am not an insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my information comes from me. Other information comes from the Internet. Um, Today is January 2nd, 2020. And this is episode number 33. I will not be doing a Sun Bowl breakdown on this episode. That will come on January 3rd's episode. Um, Today, I'm going to stick with my usual format, breaking down one offensive player and one defensive player. And then I have a couple of other topics that I would like to talk about as it relates to Florida State football. My first player that I would like to break down today is Chaz Neal. Offensive tackle, 6'7", 305 pounds. And this is what I wrote about him. Needs to hit weight room hard. Never seen this guy play offensive tackle. He's a converted defensive lineman. Obviously, with the struggles that Florida State had at offensive tackle, this guy could can't be that talented. He could not beat out Abdul Bello or Jawan Williams to get playing time. Um, and this is going to sound kind of harsh, but I don't really think that this guy's ever going to play a down for Florida State at offensive tackle. Um, I just think that he is hogging up a scholarship at this point. Um, you know, Abdul Bello and Jawan Williams are terrible. And I will, e- I will even go one step far- further and say that Ryan Roberts was terrible, the right tackle. Um, you know, Jalen Goss and Chaz Neal could not get on the field and beat those three guys out. It's, it's saying something. They're, they're hogging up a scholarship. Um, you know, in today's college football, you can't take on a project like Chaz Neal. Okay? He's a red shirt. Uh, I want to say he's a red shirt sophomore, I believe. Or a red shirt freshman. I, I don't, I, I didn't look it up. So, I don't, he's one of the two. He's been on campus for at least one year. He's added a lot of weight. But, um, yeah, we got to do something with him, man. Um, either you're going to play him and see if he can play or you got you to gotta let him go. Um, so, I didn't have any NFL comparison to him. I can't really compare him to anybody because I haven't seen any game tape on him. Um, so, my next guy is going to be um, Robert. Cooper, defensive tackle. He's 6'2", 346 pounds. And this is what I had to say about him. Needs to continue losing weight. Very strong player. Rarely stays blocked by one player. Um, The new defensive coordinator will employ a 4-3 multiple scheme. So Cooper 
will probably rotate with Durden and Wilson at the, at the defensive tackle position. He needs to study film. Needs to learn more pass rushing moves instead of using bull rush all the time. His ideal weight to me would be 315 pounds. This guy will be a major contributor for Florida State next season. Um, my NFL um, comparison for him is Don Terry Poe um, for the uh, Carolina Panthers. Um, Don Terry Poe is a little about an inch taller than him, but they have the same game. Um, Don Terry Poe is a little bit more athletic than Robert Cooper, just a little bit. But like I said, Robert Cooper needs to get down to about 315 pounds and he would be, he will be a beast. Okay. Because like I said, one guy can't block him. So if he has a little bit more speed in terms of getting off the ball, you know, he's going to be unstoppable. Um, you know, the sky's the limit for Robert Cooper, man. Um, if, if, if Marvin Wilson wasn't coming back and I got some, I'm going to speak on that in a minute. If Marvin Wilson wasn't coming back, he would be the guy him. And he would be right beside Durden. Um, so he needs to continue changing his body. Um, getting in better condition so he can play the whole game. Um, if he can do that, man, I, I say first round pick without a doubt. Um, so he needs to drop another, uh, you know, 30 pounds. And, you know, hopefully, um, you know, this new strength and conditioning coach who I'm going to speak on later on in this episode, hopefully he can transform Robert Cooper um, and uh, make him, you know, the player that I think he can be. Um, so that's my two player breakdown. And next I wanted to talk about uh, Scary Terry and Big Marv coming back. This was tremendous news. OK, um, we all know what they what they bring to the table on the field. Um, you know, this this. um uh, it shows me that they really want Florida State to get back to elite status. Both of these guys could have been uh, fringe first-rounders, um, potentially. Um, in this day and age where athletes always go for the money, it's refreshing to see players stay in school. Um, these two guys will be leaders on the team next season, and hopefully next season will be a lot better. I think, um, you know, like I've said and, you know, Really, since day one that I started this podcast, offensive line, okay, defensive line, and strength and conditioning, and a total recommitment by Florida State University to this football program is what you have to do in any order you want to put it. I don't care. Um, if that is not what you're trying to do, then it's a moot point, okay? Give Norvell everything that he needs to bring this thing back to where we all want it. And, um, you know, Scary Terry and Big Marv coming back. You know, I don't know if anybody listens to this podcast as close to them. Like, hey, man, thank you for coming back. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a diehard fan. And it's just great that you guys want this program to get back to where it was six years ago 
Um, so my next topic is my next topic is going to be um, about the new strength and conditioning coach, Josh Storms. Um, can he transform this team into a well-conditioned team? I don't know if he can in nine months, but he had better put a thousand percent effort in trying because he, to me, in my opinion now, is the most important guy on this staff right now because strength and conditioning is a major issue for this team. This team is tissue paper soft. When Alabama State moves the ball on you, that should never happen. Alabama State should not be able to budge one player on the Florida State Seminoles football team. Louisiana Monroe should never be in a game with us, ever. Okay, but it all happened. All right, the the strength and conditioning coach needs to gut check this entire team right after, um, you know, as soon as they get back to Tallahassee. And, you know, hopefully they're back right now and they're doing strength and conditioning drills right now. You need to start right now. And you need to go hard from now until September 5th against West Virginia. And I, I just, you know, you look at the Clemsons, you look at the Ohio States, the Oklahomas, the LSUs, the Auburns. I mean, they're, those guys look like androids out there. And that's how I want my team to look. Okay? So, um, I don't know anything about Josh Storms. Um, I read his bio. He's got a master's, master's degree in strength and conditioning. Okay, great. I need you to put that to use and turn these guys into androids, terminators, okay? Um, my last thing or my second to last thing um, that I want to talk about is can Florida State be elite in year one? Elite to me is one loss or less and you win your conference championship and you're a fringe college football playoff team. Or you are a college football playoff team. And I'm going to say no. No, they can't be elite in year one. Um, it's not realistic. Um, I don't think you can change your offensive and defensive line talent enough. Okay? I don't think you can change your strength and conditioning enough in nine months to get to elite status in, in nine months. No. Best case scenario for Florida State next season is nine and three. You're not beating Clemson. You're not probably not gonna beat Florida, and then you're probably gonna lose another game, another close game. Okay, um, so nine and three. It's gonna take years to catch Clemson, and that's if you're recruiting in the top five. Okay, I say minimum three years with three top five classes. Maybe by year three, you're beating Clemson, maybe. Um, like, like I've said in past episodes, probably every episode, Florida State University needs to totally invest in football to get back to elite status. I think you've got a really good coach. 
I think you got a really good coach. He's put together what everybody's saying is a good staff. I don't know anything about these guys to, to make that assessment. Like I said in a previous episode, I'm a wait and see type of guy when it comes to coaches. And um, I'm going to stick with that same philosophy. Um, I I mean, I hope they prove me wrong. I hope they go out there and go 12-0 and and beat Clemson. But just realistically, I don't think that's going to happen. All right? Um, so my final thing is who will be the quarterback next season? I don't know. I would love to see James Blackman behind a, a decent offensive line. His arm strength is phenomenal. He can make all the throws. Um, I think when you're when you drop back to pass and you know that your two your left tackle and your right tackle suck, you know, you make mistakes. You're you're thinking about blocking instead of reading going through your progressions as a quarterback. Um but I just feel like James Blackman has to be the guy. I don't think you you unless and unless do you have a competition and Rotomaker and Purdy are even with James Blackman. Okay, then you go with the younger guy. That's always been the motto. But if 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 James Blackman competes with these guys and beat him out, beat them out, he's got to be the starter. Um, you know, I don't know anything about Rotomaker or Purdy to really make a proper assessment or breakdown on them i mean i can look at high school tape and say oh yeah he's gonna be great at florida state but nobody knows that okay each every time you go up a level in football it doesn't your previous level of football doesn't guarantee success at the next level you know this is a team game so largely in part your success is going to be dependent upon what's around you so, you know, we'll see. Um, you you could always say, okay, when we get to the spring game, we can evaluate Rotomaker. Um, Purdy won't be there; he's not an early enrollee. But spring game, the spring game uh, is a fifty-fifty thing. So, I mean, Kalen LeBorn looked all world in the spring game two years ago. He got hurt. And then this year, he couldn't do anything. I think that knee was still bothering him. But, you know, we'll see, man. So, all in all, James Blackman, my choice. I have been highly critical of James Blackman. But, to me, he gives you the best chance to win game one of the two, of the uh, 2020 season. Um, Jordan Travis needs to improve his arm strength for me to even consider him. Obviously, he's got wheels. Um, you know, he'd be great on the read option RPO thing, but when he has to pass it, you have to do like short to intermediate routes for him. He can't throw anything deep with, you know, any, uh, you know, accuracy His the ball wobbles every time he goes deep. So we'll see, man. We'll see. Um, that's going to conclude um, today's episode i hope you enjoyed it um i want to thank everyone for the tremendous support for my podcast um it is available on youtube it is available on apple Podcasts. 
It's available on Spotify Podcasts and it's available on it's available on Google Podcasts. I want to thank everyone for your continued support and as always, go knows.